I'm so happy that you're joining me today as we're going to jump into the Word of God, and we're going to talk about the difference between the sovereignty of God and personal choice that God allows you to have, and God gives you the freedom and the expression to be you. Wow, this should be fun. Let's talk about it today. We're going to start in Joshua chapter 1, very familiar verse, verse 8. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, let your Holy Spirit come right now and illuminate the Scriptures to our understanding. So, Father, we thank you that there is a path that you have for us to walk, but sometimes we don't see it. So let the understanding come from your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, it's not truth that sets you free. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. So if you don't know it, you can't apply it to your life. But once you know it, then you can begin to use it and see what it will do. And it really does work. So let's talk about this today with sovereignty and choice. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Now watch this, for then you will make your way prosperous, not God, you will make your way prosperous, Woo! and then you will have good success. My friends, I think many times with the understanding or the perception that the church has of the sovereignty of God, we often put too much over on God and we don't take our own responsibility. And I think sometimes we do that to even on purpose dodge responsibility, dodge or skip out on our uh, necessity of pulling our own weight. So if we do these things, the Lord said, for then you, not me, God didn't say I would do it. He said, you will make your way prosperous. Praise the Lord. How many times have you heard the expression? And I I would have to say, uh, if you've been in church for at least 10 years, maybe longer, you've probably heard this expression. How many times have you heard the expression, God is in control? Okay, think about that. People sometimes say God is in control and it and it sounds real good. And I know there is an element of the sovereignty of God where he does have final say so where there will be an end time judgment of the sinners. There will be punishment and wages for sin. There will be rewards for those who received Christ and chose his righteousness. But you also have to understand that God has given humanity the freedom of choice, the ability for us as individuals to make our own choices. So I want to ask you a question. If God is in control and you hold to that theology that God is in control, then what's going on with ISIS running around cutting off the heads of Christians? I mean, if God is in control, uh, God would stop it immediately. So if God's in control, 
uh, why is he allowing this? Well, you have to understand that many times when people say God is in control, it's an escape from personal responsibility. Praise the Lord. If God is in control, why is there so much theft? Why do we need police officers working uh, multiple shifts day and night to try to stop theft? I received an email just a couple of days ago from a pastor, and he said, he said, Pastor Stephen, please pray. My son was at college, and his entire backpack was stolen, and it had his ATM card. It had his student ID. It had all of his books. It had uh, all of his identification, and then just a few hours later, he sent me another email saying that somehow they figured out his PIN code of the ATM card and the whole bank account has been drained and so you know it just causes a lot of problems with theft if God is in control why is there so much theft if God's in control why why would he be allowing it it would almost seem like since there's so much of it it's almost like almost like he would be endorsing it Ah, but in so many areas, we, w- we would like to say God has oversight. He has actually given the oversight to man. He's given oversight to us. And so we have to do something about it because d- God has delegated authority. But it's easy for, uh, let me see if I can use this word, freeloaders. It's easy for freeloaders and people that just want constant handouts who never want to do their part to sit back and say, God's in control. And while they do nothing, while they take personally no responsibility, if God's in control, why is there so much murder in the earth? Why is there so much sickness and cancer and heart disease in the earth if God really is in control. And if it, let me ask you this, if God is, is in control, especially within his church, then how come Christians aren't tithing? At least most of them aren't. Studies show that about 15% at the most uh, of Christians tithe. That means 85% of many that come to church don't either give anything or they just give God a little tip. Maybe they made $1,000 that week and he put a $5 bill in. So if God's in control, then how come so many Christians aren't tithing? Just things for you to think about if you hold to that theology that God is in control. So I think with a lot of Christians, you have many people that are frozen in their positions, frozen in their activity, because they are waiting on God to do something. They're waiting on God. And so they, they just sit back with the, with the mentality, God's in control. doesn't matter, uh, Pastor Stephen, if we vote or we don't vote, it's all irrelevant. God's in control. And whoever ends up leading the nation, that's God's choice. Oh, well, was it God's choice for Hitler to rule Germany and start a world war? Well, he, uh, Pastor Stephen, God's sovereign. So that must've been God's will. No, my friends, there is an element of the sovereignty of God that is true. And if God wants to break in into humanity and do something, if God wants to work a miracle and suspend a natural law, God can do certain things. But there are other things that God won't touch. And we may sit back and say, wow, what a mess. Wonder why it's not, things aren't working well in this city. Or I, I wonder why things aren't working well in this nation. It's because people are not taking their responsibility. And when the church, especially, backs out of responsibility and takes a hands-off position, then uh, oftentimes 
that leaves a vacuum in which the ungodly, in which wicked people with bad intentions, who do, who do not have a moral code, who do not have love in their heart, they move into places of leadership. And the next thing you know, you've got a Lenin or a Stalin or an Idi Amin running your country, and it's now hell on earth. Why? Because of a vacuum of good quality leadership. And many times people just sit back and say, God's in control, God's sovereign, while the forces of evil just get closer and closer and closer. Then sometimes it gets so bad at the very last minute. Sometimes Christians wake up and think, you know what, we, we should probably fight back. We should probably resist Hitler, we should probably, uh, uh, you know, get behind a good leader and say enough is enough. We're not just going to be annihilated without a fight. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm telling you that God has invested authority and responsibility into your sphere of influence and into your life, and you need to use it. You need to use it. Too many Christians are waiting for God to do something when so much depends upon your own actions. Wow. Praise the Lord. So I've been around many Christians in my life who hold a mentality of if it's God's will, Pastor Stephen, it'll happen. And if it's not God's will, it just won't happen. As if, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. As if God is like going to show up on ESPN and somehow be involved in the World Poker Championship. Look at there. There's God on the way. He's playing poker. Look, well, he sure is a good poker player. He must be good because he practices all the time with the world. The, no, God's not a gambler. God's not the, uh, uh, the this uh, person who just wakes up one day and says, you know what, I, I just feel like today I'm going to bless this country, and I feel like today that this country over here, I just, I'm just going to curse them, and they're going to have a horrible existence. It doesn't work like that. God has decreed his word, and God has also delegated authority to the church through Christ, his son, Jesus being the head of the church. And we are to be the salt and the light in the earth. And if we as the people of God do not take our rightful position and be that salt and light, then there will be great degradation. See, salt preserves. And if there's no salt in the culture, the next thing you know, the culture, they just want to take their clothes off. They just want to become vulgar. They just want to sing dirty songs, and, and the arts go downhill, and entertainment becomes trash, and everything becomes defiled. Why? Because salt is supposed to hinder the rotting process. It's supposed to be a preservative material, and without salt, society in itself begins to go down. So my friends, we just can't sit back and say, well, whatever God's will is, just let it happen. No, we need to go in there and fix it. We need to go in there with answers and with solutions and be a blessing to the world and to the society in which we live. Praise God. So sometimes people say, well, you know, if it's God's will, God will save them. That's that's absolute lunacy to say things like that. I, I know some people believe that. God bless their hearts. They're saved. They're on the way. They're heaven. And they got in, and maybe they're just happy that they're saved, and they really don't care that much about the majority of a planet that's lost in their sins and heading towards 
hell and the lake of fire. So I believe we have a responsibility to, uh, uh, to, to not sit back, but to preach the gospel, to carry the gospel to all nations of the earth. Well, Pastor Stephen, if God wants to save them, he'll save them. But, you know, the Bible in Second Peter chapter 3 Verse 8. I think I'll just read it to us because it's very, very clear. This would be Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. He's very, very patient toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so it's God's will for all to repent and to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And we need to do all that we can to give people the opportunity to understand the gospel message. And some will respond. Some will choose not to respond. But nevertheless, at least they had the privilege of having the gospel presented to them. And so we just can't sit back and say, well, if God wants them to be saved, you know, God will just save them. No, my friends, God can't just save them. If he could, he would. We wouldn't even have to be here. God could just save everybody, and we're off the planet within the next 10 minutes because everybody's saved. There, uh, You know, there's really nothing else to do. Well, how can you continue world evangelism when the whole world has been saved? But no, my friends, we, we need to be involved in this. We need to be proactive. We just can't sit back and just think that somehow things always work out. They work out when we put our hands to the, the job, when we put our hands to the assignment. So, there is a sovereignty of God. God can break in. God can do things. God doesn't need anybody's permission to do things. God can come in. But there's also an element where God says, you have your own special life. And I give you the ability to choose what it is you want to do. And in that element, you cannot try to take sovereignty and apply it to that when God says, hey, I'm letting you make the choice. I've given you that responsibility. And the way it turns out will depend on what you do, not on what I do, on what you do. Woo! Praise the Lord. Very, very interesting. You know, it reminds me of the man that had the beautiful property, and, and the lawn was so pretty, and uh, all, the, all the trees, all the, the bushes, everything was landscaped, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And a man walked by and said, you know, you've just got such a beautiful uh, lawn. You have such a beautiful place that God has blessed you with. And the man said, well, you should have seen this place, uh, you know, before, before I did all of this work. In other words, God blessed me with this place, but when I got it, it was it was chaotic. It, it was a mess. There were weeds. There were briars. There were thorns. And so I didn't just sit back and say, this is the blessing of the Lord. No, I went to work on it. I went to work on it. I, I'm not relying on sovereignty where I wake up one morning and my my landscape looks like a golf course at Pebble Beach. No, we are going to do something about this. We're not just going to sit around. We're going to do something about it. We're going to go to work, and we are going to transform what is within our sphere of influence. Everybody has a circle of influence. You can start within your home, and then you can have a wider spectrum. 
and you can be a blessing in those areas. But many times, my friends, it takes activity. It takes your response. It takes you doing something. You know, in Matthew chapter 23, this is another another good example. Matthew 23, I want to drop down the verse 20, excuse me, verse 37. This is what the Lord said. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I want it. Now, this is what the Lord wanted. He didn't get it, but this is what he wanted. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. You were not willing. I had a great plan. Could have been really, really nice. I had it all planned out. It was wonderful, but you didn't want anything to do with it. And now it's going to be a real mess. My friends, why did it not work out? Because they did not respond. They, they didn't do anything about it. Well, if it's God's will, God will make it happen. It can be the Lord's will, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's still going to happen unless you react and jump in there and say, I'm not just going to sit here. I'm going to do something. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, Pastor Stephen, looks like we've hit an iceberg, and uh, the report is that the ship is sinking. I guess we're all going to die. Well, I'm not going to die. I'm going to get a lifeboat, and I'm going to get a life preserver, and we're getting, oh, well, I never stopped to think about that. Well, look, you have options. Do something. Well, Pastor Stephen, if it's the sovereignty of God, if it's God's sovereignty that we survive, God will save us. Look, God is going to save you through pulling that cord that releases that inflatable lifeboat right there. And if you don't pull the cord, you will perish to your own lack of activity. Woo! Glory. The Lord wanted to save Jerusalem, and he made provision for it, but they didn't respond. They did. Well, I guess it was God's will for them to be judged and wiped out. No, the Lord said, hey, I wanted to gather you like a hen gathers its chicks, but you just didn't respond. You must move. You must move. So many people are just waiting on the Lord, and they've been waiting for years and years and years. You must move and do all you can in the moment and in the timing that you are in. There are actually many wonderful, incredible things that God wants to unfold in your life, but they will never take place until you begin to proactively move forward and into them. I want to show you an amazing story. Mark chapter 5. I really like this story. There are so many lessons that can be pulled out of it. This is Mark chapter 5, verse 25. This is the woman with the issue of blood. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things. 12 years, that's a long time. Uh, And she's trying to do certain things, but it's not the right move. Sometimes you must not only move, but of course you need to be making the right move in agreement with the will of God, in agreement with the word of God. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. You need to understand that she has no appointment with the Lord. It's not like the Lord has a calendar 
and uh, uh, he's got he's got his uh, his daily plan. You know, Peter hands it to him in the morning. Uh, Lord, here's everything that uh, is going to happen today. I hope you're ready for it. It looks like today at ten o'clock in the morning uh, that the Holy Spirit said there's going to be a woman in the crowd, and you're supposed to heal that woman. Okay, and the Lord goes, okay, I'll make sure I'll make sure I'm really looking for. Probably going to be a lot of people. I'll make sure I'm looking for. L- look, she scheduled her own miracle. It didn't have anything to do with the Lord's calendar. Well, I'm just waiting for the Lord to call me, Pastor Stephen. Look, you go after the Lord. You go after the Lord. You schedule your own miracle. How does she schedule her miracle? With her mouth. With her own mouth, she set her appointment for her healing. Woo! Well, how does she do that? Verse 28, she said, If only I may touch his clothes... I shall be made well. Woo! Some of you need to say some things that are just full of faith, good confessions of of those things that you desire in your life. You just need to rise up and say, in the spring of the year, I shall buy a new home. Praise God. You know, you know, you might be able to see that your apartment lease is ending, you know, in nine months or something like that. And you just say by faith, in, in nine months, I will be purchasing a new home. Praise God. And you, you, need to, you need to set your own appointments. You need to schedule your own miracles. Woo, glory to God. Well, I, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting, Pastor Stephen. I'm just waiting. You must move knowing that God has given you authority. Praise the Lord. Wow. I, I, I mean, this was so unscheduled that when she touches the Lord, the, the, his garment, not him physically, but just that garment, the edge of the garment, and power comes out of the Lord, the Lord didn't even know who touched him. He said, who touched my clothes? Because he knew power had gone out of him, and Peter, Peter and the others around him, they're just like, hey, you got a gigantic crowd. All kinds of people are bumping up against you, touching you. And, and the Lord said, yes, but somebody has touched me. Who touched me? And he looked around, and he found her, and he found her. Now watch this. This is what he said to her, because she made the confession of what she said and what she was believing. Now she's already received her healing. This is what the Lord said, daughter. Oh, I'm going to say it like this. This is the way most people think the Lord would answer after she's gotten her miracle. Daughter, the sovereignty of God has made you whole. I tell you what, today was your day, wasn't it? You just must be the Heavenly Father's special person today. He he must have got up out of bed today and looked over the balcony of heaven and said, Oh, I see her. She's had that too long. She's had that for 12 years. I tell you what, angels, what do you think? You think today we should do something about that? And, and uh, Michael says, Yes, yes, I tell you what. Uh, she, she's a good lady, Lord. Why don't you just heal her today? And then Gabriel says, Yeah, I, I second that. Uh, Father, go ahead healer and the father reaches over with a healing gun and pulls the trigger and whoa she gets healed when she touches Jesus and Jesus responds and says daughter the sovereignty of God has made thee whole that's how a lot of Christians think and that's why that's why they never make contact with reality of manifesting the blessings of God in their life. They want to, but they're just sitting around. Year goes by, still sitting around. Five years go by, still sitting around, waiting on God, waiting on God. And there is a place for faith and patience. But there's a lot of people that they never move at all. 
Why? They're holding to a doctrine that is a wrong concept of God's sovereignty. They want God to do everything for them. Everything. I think some people even want God to put their shoes and socks on. And he said to her daughter, your faith, your faith, not mine, not mine, not not Peter's, not any of the other apostles, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I, I mean, enjoy your health. I mean, it's done. Wow. Your faith. You can schedule your miracle with your faith. And this faith is always in the now. Remember Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is. Not used to be faith. Not old stale faith. Faith is in a now. Faith is in a moment where it's always fresh. It's right now. I'm getting it. God's going to do it, and I'm moving closer to it today. I'm going to do something. I'm not just going to sit around here and wait till I die. I'm going now. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to go forward somehow today. Glory to God. Mm-mm. And when you do that, when you do that, you can begin to tap into the miracle working power of God. So stop waiting on God to do everything. There are areas of your life you have authority, you have permission, and God gives you the ability to go, praise the Lord. And in such cases, we must do our part. Hallelujah. There are some things that God, whoo, he doesn't determine. I don't know if I should say it. I I know it's early in the morning, and you're, you're getting ready to go to work. Many people listen to this message uh, at six o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, and you're getting ready to go to work. And I, I want to share something with you that God does not determine. Woo. Mm, I, I don't know if I should say it because you're, you're going to go to work and you might be thinking about it. I don't want to distract you from your work, but I, I think I should just give this to you to chew on. Okay. And so I, I can't help myself. I'm going to give it to you. Here it is. In light of the sovereignty of God, and the way that can be so easily misabused. I want you to understand your responsibility and the authority that God has given to you as an individual believer. Okay. I want you to understand this. There are some things that God does not determine, but you do. Okay. God does not determine your salary think about that. (laughs) Think about that on your way to work today. God does not determine your salary or your income. You do. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I just feel like sitting down and crying. I I can hardly handle that. Look, we're, we're not going to go where we're supposed to go if we're living in a make believe world. We're never going to arrive at the destination, at the places that God has called us to, if we don't walk in the knowledge of God's Word, how He works, how He operates, and what His eternal principles are. He will not change principles just because He loves you and I. We must adapt to His way of doing things, and God will do His part, but we also must do our part. God does not determine your salary or your income. You do. Pastor Stephen, I got to have a verse on that one. I'm so glad. I'll give you a verse with your orange juice and toast as you're getting ready this morning. Matthew chapter 9. We're so close to it. Let me turn over to this one. Matthew chapter 9. Woo! 
Glory to God. This is the story concerning the two blind men who received their sight. And Jesus says to them in verse 29, verse 29, it says, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. Let it be to you. Okay. According to your faith, not the sovereign will of God. If we, Look, if it's the sovereign will of God, they're, they're, they wouldn't be blind. If it were the sovereign will of God, every person on the planet right now would be in perfect health. If, the, if it were the sovereign will of God and God could just force it and command it and do it, no matter what people want it, then God would just save everybody right now. God would heal everybody right now. God would throw Satan and all of the demons into the lake of fire right now, and we would all roll into eternity and spend eternity with God forevermore. But God says, hey, it's according to your faith. And, and, and God would like you to do well. God would like you to choose a higher path. God would like for you to be happy. Whatever makes you happy, God, that makes God happy, okay? But, but here's the thing. It's not according to the sovereignty of God. It's according to your faith. Your income and how much money you make every year is not according to uh, the sovereignty of God, where God says, you know what? You look like a $10 an hour person, but over here, I just feel like you're a $16 an hour person, but over here, I've got a favorite. Over here, you're going to get my special blessing ray gun, and you're going to get $125 an hour because I just chose you to make that kind of a money. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, God's not like that. He's not like that. God is not random chance. God is not... um into inequality from the from the perspective of that some can be blessed and some can't anybody that will work his principles can come into this and that's why i love the lord and that's why i love his word because he's fair he's fair if you work it it'll work for you if you don't work it you're not going to get the results but if you're willing to work the word it will absolutely produce in your life when you follow it find out how he works begin to apply that to your life Glory to God. And then you realize you can go where you want to go in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There are many things God doesn't determine. You determine through your choices and through your faith and through what it is you desire. And God allows you to make those choices. And even if they're not good, he won't invade your life and say, hey, hey, you're getting it all wrong. Stop it. Stop it. He, he won't do that. Why? It's your, it's your life your life <laughs> and you're probably by this time thinking wow I, I i didn't know it was like this this much uh freedom yeah, yes but you, can you catch it freedom comes with responsibility mm, wow authority comes with responsibility praise the lord i think you've got a lot more in you than what you've ever thought I think you've had ideas of greatness. I think you've had moments of genius. But then you would think, no, no, because if that were true, God would make it happen. No, it can't be, because if it were true, then God would just push the button and it would all unfold. No, go into it. Step into it. Pray into it. Get the mind of God further concerning it and begin moving towards it. And you do something. 
you do something. So today I want to close by saying this. Don't just sit back and expect God to do everything. There are some things that only he can do. And there is a realm where he's untouchable in the sense that this is a God case here. But there are other things in your life that you have the ability to make choices on, and God will honor what you choose. God will back what your choice is, whether it's gold, silver, or bronze-type choice. He's like, if that's, if that's what makes you happy, that's where you want to go, okay, we can, we can do that. If that's the career you want, okay, that, that's cool. You know, I, that, that's good. I can see you doing that. And so there are just certain things you can decide on. You don't have to try to get too spiritual. And I remember many, many years back, my old pastor told me, he said, oh, he said, oh, Brother Brooks, he said, I went through all of that, trying to sort it all out. And he said, I remember what it's like, you know, sitting down at the table, you try to get so spiritual that, you know, you look at your food and you've got, you know, you've got steak, green beans, mashed potatoes, and okra, and corn on the cob. And you sit there and you say, oh, Lord, thank you for the food. Oh, God, guide me. Which one should I eat first? Should I eat the mashed potatoes first? Oh, Lord, should I put some uh, salt and pepper on the green beans and eat them first? Oh, God, show me what to do. Look, just pray over the food and eat. Pray over your food and eat. You don't have to lay hands on the vending machine. Oh, God, should it be the Cheez-Its or should it be the, uh, the, the Funyuns? Oh, God, show me. I need a witness now. No, just get whatever you want. Hallelujah. Pray over it. Bless it. Enjoy yourself. Freedom. Freedom. But move forward. Don't, don't just always expect God to do everything. Do all that you can. The more that you do, and the more that you apply yourself, and God sees that, He likes that, then you'll, you'll have more of those suddenlies where He breaks in sovereignly. And then you'll have a better concept of what the sovereignty really is all about. Woo! I'm telling you, He's loaded you full of great ideas. He's loaded you full of talent and potential. Now, maximize every gift, every anointing, every blessing He's put in you. Father, I pray for your people. Let them walk in this authority and liberty with great wisdom and with great happiness in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take communion. Praise God, because this, I mean, this life that we have really is an amazing life. If you want to live in an apartment, God doesn't mind. If you want to live in a condo or townhome, God doesn't mind. If you want to live in a house, whether it's a log cabin or it's a brick house, God, God doesn't care. It's whatever makes you happy. He gives you choice. He gives you free will. Now, there is an element of taking up your cross in the sense that God may say, I need you in the city because you're supposed to be connected with this church or you're connected with this ministry and you, you need to be around or whatever the case might be. So there, there is the element where we yield to the Lord's wishes and desires, but you still have a whole palette of other colors you can choose from to decorate your life. You still have a wide range of choices you can make in many other areas. And, and when you're painting your life, drawing out your life, God gives you great range of freedom. Father, we thank you. This is now the, the flesh and blood of Jesus. We consecrate it as we take communion together. We thank you, Father God, that this incredible life that we have is made available through Jesus, your Son. We thank you so much, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's now receive the body of Christ.
Hallelujah. I think one of the most wonderful things about life is being able to do what makes you happy. (laughs) Anything you like, you're going to be passionate about. And you're going to be into it. It's not even almost like work. It's more like a labor of love. You, you actually like it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God wants you to like your life. Mm-mm. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And Father, I just thank you for your, for your grace that we make wise choices. We thank you, Father God. Choices that make you happy. Choices that are wise choices that are that would be what's best for us father we give you praise we celebrate the blood of jesus we thank you father in his name amen my friends it's my prayer that you have a good balance of understanding the sovereignty of god and personal choice and responsibility Till next time, stay blessed. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.